I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back into the Short Four Saloon. My name is Joel Penfield, joined as always by Philip Slavin. How you doing, man? JP, I am tired. So tired. I I I, I feel like I have to go on too many of my podcasts these days and just like, you know, I'm tired. You know, I'm stressed. You know, people are probably like, okay, we, you know, we're all tired and stressed. I get it. I am not alone. I am not the only one. But you know what's going to get my blood pumping? You know what's going to get me going? Get the juices flowing. Talking Oklahoma State sports. So um, let's forget all the personal BS. Just dive in. Where do you want to go first? We got lots of places to go tonight, man. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I thought so. I did. You're welcome. Uh, before I get into that, though, uh, as with the last episode, this episode is sponsored by Home Field Apparel. Uh, thank you to them for sending uh, some shirts to us uh, right as the Oklahoma State line launched last week. I know you got a couple. I got a couple, and so did Micah. Mm-hmm. They are some of the comfiest shirts we've ever owned, legitimately, and they are so incredibly well-made. I got the Pistol Pete, uh, old-school Oklahoma A&M logo, as well as the, I think it's like 1980s, like kind of blocky, kind of OSU logo. Which two did you? You got the Pistol Patty one, didn't you? I got Pistol Pete, and I got... The Pistol Patty Ride with Pride shirt. So it said that I was going to get the same OSU black letter one, but they slipped me the Pistol Patty. And I got to tell you, uh, I am I am very glad I got that one. That's that's the one of the whole of the whole thing. And there's there's a lot of good ones. There's that's those are the two I wanted the most were Vintage Pistol Pete and Pistol Patty Ride with Pride. I love them. I love them both. They're super comfortable. And can I just say, as a fan of Homefield for quite some time, that it's so nice to to go. And look at the list of schools, and oh, right there between Ohio and Pitt, Oklahoma State. Do do you see another? Nope, no Oklahoma, no Oklahoma to be seen. One of only four Big Twelve schools on there now. <clears throat> Sorry, West Virginia. <laughs> uh, so I'm yeah, it guys. That if you haven't tried one on, I am not over exaggerating when I say they're the most comfortable shirts. They are, and if you the Oklahoma State one and the Oklahoma State line is awesome. And they've said there are more designs coming here in the near future, but this is the initial line drop that they have. And not only that, but I know you own some of just the fun small college shirts. Like you have a, a shirt for Slippery Rock University and a couple others. Like you, you can go on and they have all different awesome designs. I'm going to go through and, and use that promo code that we have and go and get myself just a fun random college shirt because you know what, why not? And if you are interested in buying your own home field shirt, we have our own promo code. Use CRFF at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. 
buy the Pistol Patty shirt, buy the Oklahoma State shirt, or any of the other fine shirts that Homefield has. They have a bunch of schools on there. Take a look through and find yourself a comfy shirt for the summer. Uh, if I may make some suggestions, um, UC Irvine with the Anteater, uh, Tulane, Hawaii, uh, Delaware. There's over 100 different ones. I, I have Slippery Rock. I'm going to admit this. I have the Marching Sci Iowa State shirt. It's one of the first ones I bought. It's kind of awesome. I like old Iowa State stuff. Um, I'm still very tempted. I need to get a Memphis shirt because I live near Memphis, and I don't hate Memphis. I kind of think they're fun. I love Memphis in the Big 12. And it's not the crappy, like, modern tiger leaping over the M logo that's not very good. Like, they, they have that, but they have, like, the old school versions and the, like, kitty cat tiger. Meow. They've got some awesome stuff. Like, I, there's no better collection of vintage college sports logos anywhere period once again use promo code crff at checkout for 15 percent off homefieldapparel.com all right phil let's talk a little baseball baseball robert is rolling the crap out of his eyes right now and i don't give a shit so hey hold on before we get rolling into this i know we got i know we got a lot to get to let me just say joel um friend to friend uh, from now on, when I gripe about things about baseball, cop, stop just telling me that's baseball. Like, I, or I'm going to start doing that to you with basketball and football and all other sports. When you gripe, I don't hear it. Like, give me reasons that I shouldn't be so annoyed about particular players who maybe come on the mound and blow leads on a regular basis. I'm not going to name names here because that would be mean. And we keep those mean things to our private text messages, our little sweet nothings that we text each other back and forth. Um, so I'm just gonna leave it at that. Joel, tell us about this past weekend against UNC Wilmington. All right. So overall, Cowboys are 20, 21, seven and one. They have won eight of their last nine games, a series that Oklahoma state scrambled to, to get together after, um, after central Arkansas had to pause for COVID issues, Oklahoma state was able to get a series with UNC Wilmington. They came in Friday night. Game gets banged due to rain. Doubleheader on Saturday. Oklahoma State wins seven to six, and then ten to three in the nightcap, and then swept the series on Sunday with a win ten to four. Overall, a really nice series for Oklahoma State to be able to get the the game with no midweek game as well. They're to take a you know a near a full week off from any sort of gameplay. They're not sure if they're even going to play at all, and then to still get a sweep against you know a decent UNC Wilmington team. I didn't think there were anything special. So Oklahoma State was able to take care of business, and they did. The wind was blowing out for all three games, and when that's happening, Old Brady plays like a bandbox, and the ball just flies. And we saw multiple of that over the weekend. Nolan McClain cleared the batter's eye. Uh, so did Carson McCusker. Uh, Justin Campbell was great on Saturday night. Parker Scott kind of got back into the swing of things a little bit. Seven seven shutout innings for him. Um, Justin Robleski got back on a little bit. Had a quality start, six innings, three earned. I mean, this team is playing some of their best baseball right now. And that's what we see from Josh Holiday coach teams. They, you know, we'll see some blips here and there, just like, what the heck? And then they go out and then they go and win eight and nine, we've seen. And they were playing really well against Earl Roberts on Tuesday and that game got banged in the fifth inning, and it's a no contest because the game was tied. It was not an official game because they did not finish five innings. So it it's just, you know, it, it doesn't show up as a win or a loss, which sucks, especially for Bryce Osmond, who has had his struggles at times this year. 
Uh, still had a, a decent year, but not, I think, up to the expectation that he came into Oklahoma State with. He punches out nine guys in five innings, and the game gets banged, gone, and those nine strikeouts are not on his stat line anymore, which absolutely sucks for anybody involved to have those kind of stats taken away from you. But he's going to have to, you know, I'm sure he'll make up for it more than likely here in the near future. Huge series at TCU this weekend. Every game on ESPN Plus, 6 o'clock, 6.30 on Friday, 2 o'clock uh, on Saturday, and 1 o'clock on Sunday. If you're in the Fort Worth area, definitely go check it out. But if not, again, the games are on ESPN Plus. If Oklahoma State can win this series, they set themselves up really nicely to be still near the top of the Big 12 in that top two or three with Texas Tech and TCU to go and win the Big 12. And I think the way that they're playing right now, things are really clicking. As Colton talked about, this team hasn't even hit their ceiling yet. They're not even hit their full stride yet, and they're playing some of their best baseball. So I think that that's a scary thought for the rest of the Big 12, and they have a real chance to prove themselves and assert themselves this weekend. So one thing I'll note, and, and, and so first thing, we said heading into this home stretch that they just had, that if they could go 9-3, and it would be a good 10 or 12-game stretch. They went 9-2 and two with one game canceled due to weather. I call it a success. I mean, that, that is a successful stretch, especially considering, you know, in conference play, you went five and one. That's good. That's, that's really nice to be able to do in that, that home stretch. Mm-hmm. And they got swept by Texas by a million runs. Yes. And then to take two or three against West Virginia, the only loss coming, it's a one, it was a one run loss. It, they dominated the next two. So they took care of business against the teams that are in the middle to the bottom of the Big 12, which if you're going to be near the top, you have to take care of those. You have to take care of those games. So um, I will say something about, uh, I was talking to Randy Heights on my show on the 10-12. And, you know, NCAA has basically come out and said that they're going to announce the regional hosts early because they've got to have time to set everything up because of covid have, have, a, have a period to get things established and set up. So we're not going to wait till the end of the season to figure out who's going to host regionals. So regional sides are going to be locked in early. That means super regional sides are going to get locked in early. So there's a very good chance you'll have two teams playing in a super regional who are not from that school that's hosting it. Um, for Oklahoma State, what's tough here is that based on the timeline, those, de- those decisions are going to be made soon. Um, so the next two weeks are huge for Oklahoma State because you have road series at TCU, a couple games against Arkansas Pine Bluff, and then a home game, home series against Texas. Conspiracy theory had on for a minute. I think it's very likely OSU hosts a regional just because they want to put one at O'Brate, and it is a centralized location. But here's the problem for Oklahoma State. Texas Tech, TCU, Texas, and Oklahoma State are the four top teams in the Big 12. They're all going to be hosting or vying for regional hosting. My concern is that three of those four teams are going to get it. One of them's not. If you're Oklahoma State, you cannot drop both of these series. You have to at least win one of them. You have to at least go three and three to me at at worst and win one of them. Because I, I don't think if you drop both, you're going to be sitting in a spot where they're going to make the decisions early. OSU may be staring at not getting an opportunity to host this year in the first year with O'Brate and, and ending up as the two seed somewhere. And it could be a gnarly two seed, and maybe they end up somewhere where the host team's not actually hosting anymore, but where it's a bad host team because they got picked early. But if you're OSU, uh, look, there's pressure on it anyways, 
But in a normal season, you'd get those next three, you know, the rest of the season, which is series against OU in Kansas and Baylor and New Orleans to help boost you back up. With Texas and TCU, two of the other teams sitting atop the conference standings with Texas Tech, those top three teams, you cannot drop both series. They have got to. It's going to be tough at TCU. It's going to be tough against Texas. I don't, you're not sweeping either one, but you've got to go two and one in one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they have the opportunity to do that with the way they're pitching right now. When you have, now you have uh, Parker Scott on Friday, Justin Campbell's moved from midweek to Saturday, and then Justin Robleski on Sunday. I mean, Justin Robleski will be a Friday starter for a lot of teams, even in the, in the Big 12. So to have that stretch with a, a stopper like Brett Stanley at the back end of the bullpen, you, you feel good about where this team is at. And the Oklahoma State is banging the crap out of the ball right now. I believe they have 90 runs scored in their last 11 games. So they, they can put the ball – anybody in that lineup can put the ball out of the ballpark. Everyone can frenzy hit when they need to. They're, they're going to they're, they're gonna find a way to win multiple of these games. And I have, I have the sneaking suspicion they're going to steal a couple from TCU. I think they can go – they can absolutely go down to Fort Worth and win that series. With the way they're played right now – Again, lesser competition, whatever. Again, they're taking care of business when they need to. And it wasn't like they were winning a bunch of 2-0, 1-0 ball games. They were putting up nine, ten runs a game against decent pitching and in a lot of spots where, you know, they just had a huge outburst in one inning, which is all you need sometimes, especially with the pitching Oklahoma State has in the rotation and in that bullpen. So I, I feel really – I feel good about where this team is at right now. And if they can go – if they can steal that series against TCU, take two or three – you went, you take care of business against Pine Bluff midweek and go and steal, you know, one or two from Texas. Oklahoma State puts themselves in a really nice position to host a regional little break. If OSU wins both series, so here's the standings. Texas is 10 and 2 in the big, in just Big 12 standings, just Big 12 games, conference games. Texas is 10 and 2, TCU 7 and 2, Oklahoma State 6 and 3, Texas Tech 5 and 4, West Virginia 4 and 5, and then blah, 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 blah. Um, for OSU, if, if you can you got to win one. You have to win one. You have to win one. End of story if you want to host. I, I honestly believe that. If you could find a way to win two, considering how we kind of felt just a couple weeks ago or a week ago, if you can find a way to win both of those, then you are in a driver's seat to try and win the Big 12. So I, this is this is a huge two-week stretch. This is it. Like I, To me, this is it. This is the stretch. You you go into these two because after that you get Oklahoma. It's a rivalry. It's bedlam. It's always tough. You get road games at Kansas, home games against Baylor. Baylor went and won two of three against West Virginia, which shocked me last weekend. Like it's a Big Twelve. Like you're going to drop games. Okay, you might lose. You I've seen them lose series. I've seen them run rule Kansas on a Friday and then lose the series on Saturday and Sunday. Like it, stuff can happen. If you can win these next two, I think Oklahoma State is sitting in the driver's seat with a chance to win the Big 12 in the regular season, which would be huge. And if you find a way to win both of these, you're hosting a regional, like an end of story. And I, and you're, you're looking at, at vying for a national seed. So these next two weeks are enormous. You just, you, you got to win one. That's been my big thing. I'm, I'm not being, I'm not asking for a six, no sweep, but you got to win one of these two series that you, you have to. Absolutely. I do want to highlight a couple of players real quick. I feel like it's a, a broken record talking about Christian Encarnacion Strand has been the best player on this team, best offensive player on this team this year. Uh, Ten home runs. His on-base plus slugging percentage is north of 1,000. 
11 and 14, which is ridiculous even in college to be able to do that. The second best hitter on this team has been Nolan McClain, who's hitting 270 with an OPS over 1,000, seven home runs, 15 RBIs, you know, from the, the two or three spot in this lineup. And to trust the true freshman to, to do that is incredibly impressive for this team moving forward. Uh, this guy, he as awesome as Encarnacion is, McLean might have the best raw power on this team and some of the best tools overall. Because I, in case you don't know, folks, uh, he's also throwing 94 to 97 off the mound. We haven't gotten to see that yet, but I've heard it's electric. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see that here pretty soon. And then I mainly want to talk about Justin Campbell pitching-wise uh, because he, he's been legitimately one of the best pitchers in all of college baseball this season. ERA is at 1.15. It was sub-1 before a couple, of, a couple of runs given up against UNC Wilmington. 56 strikeouts and 39 innings. Oh, and he can hit for himself as well. Opponents are, only, are hitting less than 200 often. It's fair to say, and I talked with Trey Cobb about it, he really believes it's Parker Scott. Justin Campbell, I believe, is the best pitcher on this team and one of the best in the country. And he is getting rewarded for that because he is on the midseason Golden Spikes Award list, which is given to the best player in all of college baseball this season. Now, he's not going to win it. I think that award is very much going to go to Jack Leiter out of Vanderbilt. But to have a guy like that for Oklahoma State, and he's a COVID freshman, so this is his second freshman season. He is going to be an All-American this year if he continues the pace he's on, a freshman All-American, and likely a Big 12 Pitcher of the Year candidate. He's not going to be Big 12 Freshman of the Year. It's probably going to go to Jace Young at Texas Tech. But to have the young guys contribute like Oklahoma State has this year, freshmen and sophomores, they're really setting themselves up for success, not just this year, but moving forward. They're going to be a force, and that goes along with everything they have in Obrey as well, the stuff that Colton talked about last week, the technology they have. It's a big deal, and it's going to be, it means a lot to recruiting as well. So we're, Oklahoma State's sitting in a really good spot right now with the talent they have right now in moving forward. Yeah, it's good to be a Cowboy, man. It's really good to be a Cowboy right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, they they go uh, they only lose one game in spring. Um, it's pretty pretty rough run to TCU a couple weeks ago, but um, getting a nice win over Notre Dame. Obviously, it's a marquee program. It's another overtime win. That's awesome. Uh, this is a good team. It's a good team. They're getting ready for postseason now. Mm, haven't seen anything as far as look. It, it's a weird season. Cowgirls have now finished twelve three and one. Stupid TCU. Soccer uh, championship starts April 23rd, so we should start finding out about regionals soon. I would expect the Cowgirls to host something, um, even if it's just early round, you know, first or first and second round. It feels like Oklahoma State will probably get to host something based off record, based off what they did in the Big 12, and and based off some really, really nice wins in this spring stretch we talked about with, with Anna last week, you know, road wins over St. Louis, North Texas that are going to matter. Uh, getting the win over Notre Dame. It's a nice Notre Dame team. So I think they're set up for regional host. We'll we'll find out soon. I don't know what when, but uh, we should find out here pretty soon. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. If they can host a couple of regional games in that new in that new stadium, that's gonna be a ton of fun. 
Uh, if you have the opportunity to go and check them out, go for it. Uh, that stadium is beautiful, for one thing, if you've never been. And I said this team has had a really good year, 12-3-1 combined between the, the fall and the spring. They're setting themselves up nicely for the NCAA tournament. And, again, it's just another, another feather in the cap of being able to have an Oklahoma State team to talk about that not a lot of schools really give anything to. So I think it's, it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do a little chronological order here. Um, Thursday, I don't know what time this is going to come up, but um, on Thursday the 15th uh, is the first round of the NCEA National Championship. That's the equestrian folks, so Oklahoma State Cowgirl equestrian team. That's always a really good program. Quite good, quite good this time, winning the Big 12, uh, both regular season and in the Big 12 championship, getting a nice 11-9 win over TCU there. Uh, they will open against Fresno State, who is a Big 12 team, as weird as that sounds. Four of the Big 12 teams are all going to be involved in the NCAA championships this year, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Fresno State, and TCU. Uh, the Cowgirls have one loss all season. They lost at TCU early. They're six and one overall. With three and one in conference play. They're good. They haven't won a national championship since 2013, if I recall correctly. So they're they're looking for they're looking for one this weekend. It's going to be tough. I think. Man, I forget how the bracket sets up. Some of this stuff gets really confusing to me. So forgive me if I'm not like the king of equestrian. I'm doing my best. Um, oh. Dual discipline bracket. Hello, bracket. The internet is undefeated. Uh, so here's your bracket. Baylor is the one seed overall. Uh, Oklahoma State is the two seed. So two seed Oklahoma State versus seven seed Fresno State. To get past them, they'll face either three seed Georgia or six seed TCU. Uh, one seed Auburn, eight seeds Baylor, four seeds SMU, five seeds Texas A&M. So Oklahoma State looking for a looking for the national cha- national championship. It'd be really cool to bring one home. I know it doesn't count as far as the NCAA championship count goes. Um, that's because number of teams or schools that sponsor, there's not enough, if I understand correctly, for it to be an NCAA sanctioned sport. Yada, 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 yada. The Cowgirls are good. They'll be in action this weekend. So uh, here we're going to root for them, see if they can't bring a trophy home. Absolutely. Philip, let's talk a little softball, but first got to go to a break. We'll be right back. Talk some Cowgirls softball. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, Philip, we, we've talked about him a little bit on the show, kind of at the end, give a little weekend update and stuff, but I think we need to devote a full segment to the softball team because in case you folks didn't know, they're really damn good. Like, like understand what we say good. They are 32-5. and five. They are 32-5. and five. Now, some people are like, well, how many other teams have, like, no losses? OU has no losses. OU is the best team in the country. It's the downside of playing the big 12, softball in the Big 12, and it's kind of – it's like football, but worse. Like, folks, they're they're really good. Texas also quite good. They're thirty one and three. Big Twelve's got some good teams. Um, so you got all that going for them. But this softball team is fantastic. Uh, they, there's just you know how there's teams you enjoy watching them beat. I watched some of the uh, some of the Texas Tech series. 
Uh, I believe the Sunday game was on ESPN Plus, so I had that on before I flipped over to the baseball game uh, for that finale against UNC Wilmington and watched for a while. And that 10-3 win was quite uh, was quite satisfying. It was quite a satisfying victory. Sweeping Iowa State the week before, and look, Iowa State's having a very nice season for their softball program. They are. For, for a program that's not like a softball school, they started out strong. They're 0-9 in conference. I mean, it, it's going to happen. It's very much a top-heavy conference, like OU, Texas, and Oklahoma State are really dang good. Baylor's 3-0, and but COVID. <laughs> Shocker. This is a good softball team. They're a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch. You really should give it a shot. I enjoy watching it. My wife really enjoys watching softball, so it's really easy for me to put the softball on, and she she gets to she gets to watch that. And my daughter halfway pays attention, but guys, Kylie, Naomi, Allison for Bray, like you guys need to watch them. You really, really should. They are a lot of fun to watch. They get home runs a lot. They get a lot of runs scored. They, they pull double plays left and right. Like, it's a really fun team. And and it's not one of those things where they're just like inching by with wins. As they're, they they blow teams out. They had a 1-0 win on Friday over Texas Tech. I mean, they, they beat Texas Tech on Friday 1-0. You're like, oh, what's going to happen? Then they beat them 12-2 and 10-3. They had some tight games with Iowa State, but Iowa State's good. It's big. Uh, they've got a, a nice weekend series coming up with Baylor, who I said is 3-0 and because, of, you know, they're supposed to play Oklahoma. But shocker, Baylor has covid Again, um, and it's it's a big opportunity. You get two games in ESPN Plus. You get Sunday's game against Baylor on ESPN two. Not even like ESPN U or ESPN the Ocho. ESPN two on Sunday in Stillwater. It's another series where they've lost one conference game. They lost an opener at Kansas. They're at home against Baylor. They could drop a game. I do think Baylor's solid, but I it's another series win to me. Which after that. You take basically a weekend off and have some random weekday games and then sets up the the, the final two weeks of the season, which is um, whew, three games at Texas and three games against Oklahoma, all in Stillwater. Oh, I'd love to go to one of those. Oh, I'd love to go to one of those. That'd be a lot of fun. Two of those games are on ESPNU. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you haven't watched Oppo yet, your opportunities are running out. If you don't care, you don't want to watch, that's fine. I understand. No hard feelings, no worries. But this is a really fun team to watch. They, It's the kind of team where they make softball fun to watch. Like, I get it. I don't agree, but I get it. This is a fun team to watch. I don't know how many more times I can say that. You should give them a chance. Yeah, and just looking at the, the stats, because this is what I love to look at with baseball, softball, mm-hmm. anything of that nature. Um, just for just if you need any indication of how good some of the hitters on, are on this team, uh, they have three girls hitting over 400. And Allison Fabray is hitting 422, and Haley Busby is hitting 426. Good. Busby and Fabray are the two power hitters on the team. Uh, Busby has 12 home runs. 30% of her hits are home runs. If you need an indication, she hits bombs. OPS over 1,300. Allison Fabry has 11. And then you just look down the list, Shine Facker hitting 382. Kylie Naomi hitting 327. And even Carly Petty, 287. They up and down this lineup, they just hit. It, it's all that they do. And they're again, you're like you said, they're not winning a ton of 1021 games. Like they they'll do that, 
but then they have games where you, they run rule you like they did the previous the Saturday and Sunday games against Texas Tech. So, I mean, <laughs> like I said, this team just hits, and it, it's awesome to to see. And then on the pitching side, we have someone like Kerry Everly, who in mm-hmm. what was his sixteen appearances, her record's fourteen and one, and her ERA is point seven one sub one WHIP, ninety two strikeouts and ninety eight and a third innings. I mean, <laughs> batting average against is 156, like not allowing a lot of traffic. Kelly Maxwell's really good. So is Logan Simonet. It doesn't matter who they go to with a lot of their pitchers. They're going to go and get outs, and they're not going to let you score. Up and down the lineup, what Kenny Gajewski has done with this program, this is his, I want to say his sixth year, sixth, seventh year. Um, I mean, this is the team that has a legit shot to go to Oklahoma City and make a run. And – I, I'm excited. I need to get to a softball game. I've been meaning to. I know my wife has talked about wanting to take Ezra to go. So we're. I'm going to find a time to go and watch Cowboys softball team stand out in the stands out in the outfield, left field, and just go have a good time because this team deserves it. They are a ton of fun to watch. And I'm going to definitely make a point to watch these games on ESPN Plus this weekend. So definitely, if you have the opportunity to watch this team play, do it. because And do it before regionals. I know all the regionals and – Supers are televised, so it's easy access. But if you have the opportunity to watch them on ESPN Plus, you absolutely need to. Softball's fun. They're allowed to have so much personality. Um, they are talented. Go check out the Twitter account. They do a good job. They put out good clips. They put out good fun videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you did you see the video of the uh, the baseball team walking into Oberate? They're all dressed up, all ridiculous, just to have a good time before the ORU game. Yeah, yeah, it's a trend. I know, I know. I I I love look Oklahoma State's social media team, video team, creative team does a hell of a job. There's no arguing that that particular one's not my jam, but they do a hell of a job. They do a damn good job. There's no arguing that. Like they are one of the they they really do put a lot of effort creativity in being excited creating engaging and exciting content. So look, and content is king and content is my wheelhouse and this is what I do. Guys, it's good. Like they do a damn good job. We all love the bat the men's basketball ones. You know, we watch those, we watch the football ones. Those are really great. It's not just those Baseball does great stuff. Softball does great stuff. Soccer does like they all do. It's really impressive. And just from that, I thought Kate Cabanis wearing the USA hockey jersey and cowboy hat took the cake from me. I thought that was good. Uh, two last quick things before we get out of here. Uh, men's golf looking for a third consecutive win this weekend. They're headed to the Thunderbird Classic in Arizona. Uh, Cowgirls up to or Cowboys are now ranked third in the country. I think Oklahoma's number one right now, which is just. Um, looking for their first team title here since 1988 it's been a minute but good opportunity here they're on a roll they're playing really well I believe they won their last one without Austin Eckrode so they they had a comeback win at the Haskins Award Invitational in Augusta Georgia without Eckrode so that is impressive they're playing well this year, guys, and, and they're playing their, their best golf right now. They, they really are. Um, they started with an eighth-place finish. The, they've had a sixth outside of that. They've got three wins a season, uh, a couple of second-place finishes. This is a good team, despite not having the guys that we know, like a Matthew Wolf or a Ventura. Like, they don't have all the names. You know Austin Eckrope, but 
this is a really good team and and I, I i think they can they can make some waves as the season continues so golf in action this weekend looking for a third straight win uh the other big thing we need to talk about real quick folks the wnba draft starts thursday night on thursday night you're going to hear natasha Mack's name called it's going to happen she is a first round pick she is a top 10 pick in just about every mock draft i have seen the only one i have seen her outside the top 10 is espn's They've got her going 12th to Las Vegas Aces. Outside of that, I'd seen her as a top five. I'd seen her as a top six. I'd seen her as a top seven. Um, there's some other players that moved around. I have a couple of her going to Minnesota. She is the best defensive big in the draft. That is everyone's ranking of her. She won the Defensive Player of the Year Award. I mean, like National Defensive Player of the Year Award. When you are the best blocking player in the country and you're good offensively, that's what happens. Natasha Mack is going to be a first-round draft pick. I, I have seen her in a lot of mock drafts as high as fifth to Dallas because Dallas has like 18 draft picks. I think they have most of the draft. They got the first and the second and then like the fifth and the tenth and I don't, I don't remember all the other ones. She's going on Thursday. So uh, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be tuned in, trying to get that on, be paying attention. I'll be curious to see where she goes. I got another one that has her tenth to the, to, to the Sparks. I, she's going high. I am, I am very excited to see where she goes. We haven't had a draft pick in a few years. Um, we don't have a lot that have, have stuck, but I, I am, I, that's not necessarily a comment on them as it's just, it's really hard to make it in the WNBA. Is, it's hard to make it in the NBA. Okay. So I am excited for her. I don't think she's the only player that will get drafted, but she's going Thursday night and I can't wait. Wait. Yeah, that's that, and that's that's a big deal for the Calgary basketball program. I feel like it's been a few years since we've had someone get drafted. Was well, Tiffany Bias? Maybe was she the last? Yes, Tiffany Bias got drafted. Yes. Uh, hold on. You know what? Speaking of uh, Oklahoma State creative, they actually put a nice graphic out that was talking about just that exact thing. Uh, last one drafted was uh, Lauren Goodwin in 2018, but she, she got drafted by the Spurs in, I think, the third round, but then retired and just decided not to play basketball anymore. Well, maybe that was Brittany Martin. I forget what. No, um, I think that was Brittany Martin. So Lauren Goodwin in 2018, Brittany Martin in 2016. She was the one who got drafted by the Spurs and did play. Uh, Bias was back in 14. Tony Young was in 2013. And, of course, Andrea Riley back in 2010. Natasha Max, the next one up, kids. And and I I do think I'm, I'm trying to remember who else I've seen Oklahoma State wise. Maybe not, but I, I could have sworn I'd seen another OSU player who's gonna potentially get drafted in this, so we'll see. Um I'm excited. I'm excited to see her name called that in the I think top ten. And if she falls out of the top ten, well, some people just aren't good at their jobs. Well, congratulations to her in advance. That is that's awesome for the future of the Calgary basketball program. Hopefully, uh, they continue the trend of having someone go pro over a couple of years. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Phil, I don't. I mean, I could I could go off on recruiting. We could talk about all sorts of things. Spring football is underway. Um, obviously, it's going well from from what we see. I think I think it should be going well. Like it's you, you didn't get spring ball last year. You should be seeing some major progress from players everywhere, barring injuries, since you have an actual spring ball to work with them. Um, I am, I'm very excited for what Spencer Sanders is going to 
look like after the spring, what we're going to hear about him after his first spring with the same offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for the second straight year. I'm intrigued by that. So I, I'm I'm just I'm just starting to get into college football. Just starting to. We're just starting to talk about it on my other show. I'm like just starting to really like, okay, it's time to lean in. College basketball is over. We've taken a breath. It's time to lean into college football again. So I'm I'm pumped to start really really paying attention and and seeing what happens um spring game coming up here in what two weeks i will not be attending this year but uh if anybody goes let me know how it goes i'm excited yeah there's a lot of intriguing storylines from spring it's so tough to take a lot from spring football just because i mean obviously not having access like we don't have uh, we we are not able to learn a ton, so it, it's interesting. But I, I do agree. I think the continuity aspect of the offense is going to be the main storyline I'm interested in following. Uh, we can talk a little more about that and just some you know some general kind of football things over the next couple of weeks as the season inches a little bit closer. But thank you all for listening to this episode. Once again, go to homefieldapparel.com. CR use code CRFF fifteen percent off your first purchase. Go Pokes! Have a great night. Take care, everybody.